Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Paradigm 132 Podcast. I'm your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn. And on today's episode, I just want to just do a, a brief, short episode. If you've been studying or if you've just been following the financial markets, I'm recording this on August 5th, 2020. You know that gold has risen above $2,000 per ounce. And there's been a large increase of gold-backed ETFs, uh, silver ETFs. There have been um, people flooding into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies but the thing that i want to talk about today is this article that i came across i initially saw the article in the uh, bloomberg but i wasn't able to fully read it so i came over to my other site where i get a lot of articles from uh, business insiders and so it, the article's title is Young Investors Have Flooded Into Bitcoin During the Pandemic While the Older Generation Can't Get Enough of Gold, a team of J.P. Morgan analysts said, right? So this article was posted today, again, August 5th, 2020 at 12.12 uh, p.m. So what does this mean? What does this mean? Um, well, firstly, it means that you're going to you're going to invest or you're going to acquiesce yourself with things that you feel are near and dear, things that you feel comfortable with investing in, right? So obviously for older people, they've been taught for a long period of time hey they you know a lot of people a lot of older people they actually grew up when america was still on the gold standard right back when you could take your money to the bank and physically buy gold and have it right so they were doing it and when they got off the gold standard people were forced to give their gold back right the federal government put out a mandate that hey any person, regular natural citizen that had gold, you had to bring it back and they they gave you money back for it, right? So not as, as intensive now as it was back then, but obviously if you go to certain different places, you see signs up, hey, we'll give you cash for your gold, we'll give you cash for your gold, right? And an astute individual will look at something like that and say, okay, well, what's the what's the catch? What's the caveat? Right. But seeing is that you're not going to take um, a gold coin and go to your local supermarket and place it up there. A gold one ounce coin, which, again, is valued at two thousand dollars at current moment. You're not going to take that in there and go buy your groceries. They're not going <laughs> to they're not going to accept it. Right. You got to come in there with two thousand fiat dollars. Right. So. Which brings us to 
the younger people, which are millennials, which I classify as a millennial, we're moving towards uh, crypto, right? And Bitcoin, you know, so to speak. Bitcoin right now, let me check. I keep a check on this. I've been buying some crypto lately. I brought some Ethereum, about some Ripple. Um, so at current moment at 9.55 p.m. Central Standard Time, Bitcoin is $11,682 per coin. Uh, Ethereum is $397.65. Ripple is at $0.30. Cent. Litecoin, which is something else that I have, it's at $58.54, right? So, what we, what I really look at this is you have a divide. You have the older generation, again, going back to what I initially said, that are going with what they deem as a safe haven. Whereas younger individuals, millennials, we're flocking towards crypto is something new. Uh, it, it could also be a situation where it's almost like a, a rebellious state, right? Where it's like, hey, we don't believe that gold is a value or we don't we don't value gold the same way that you value gold, right? And some of the millennials, they are the ones who actually started uh, developing cryptocurrencies that have studied finance and have realized that, hey, we're off the gold standard. The, the economies, the world economies, they're just full of it. So we need something that's going to be fair, something that's going to be firm, something that doesn't no middleman, something that, hey, once we start developing this, boom, you can't go to a printer and start printing out Bitcoins. You can't go to a printer and start printing out Ethereum, Litecoin, Ripple, all of these other coins. You, you just can't go out and, and print this out. So in a situation like what we have when people say, hey, the government bailed out Wall Street, which is essentially you have certain individuals that have gotten away with being reckless with money and have essentially almost threatened to, to deplete the entire global economy. And essentially, I got a slap on the wrist and, hey, here goes another hundred million. Go crazy. Right. And so you have some individual like, look, that's, you know, that's not fair. I don't get I don't get to have a, just because you have a Ph.D. It doesn't necessarily mean that that, you know, the best decision to make with money, even though you've been trained to do that. That doesn't mean that you're always going to make the right decision. A lot of times you're going to make decisions based on greed. What's going to fatten your pockets, not what's going to be for the betterment of the American people. So now you have crypto, which is supposed to be the fair way of doing things, right? So um, going back to my exposure to gold, um, for those who know, for those who don't know, I started back in 2015 listening to a podcast called, to, called The Investor's Podcast, and my favorite guest on that podcast was a man by name of Jim Rickards or James Rickards. Um, he's written five books, right? Written five books. And I've read, I've, I read all five of them, 
well, not all five. I read four. I haven't gotten, well, no, I read three. Let me take that back. I read three. And one of the things that he talked about was gold and how financial current, well, fiat currency was going to fail and you're going to have no choice but to go back to gold because gold is the universal standard. He talked about the many, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the many countries that have been hoarding gold, have been buying gold, preparing themselves for a situation in which there is going to be a return to the gold standard and he or whichever country has the most gold, they're going to come out on top. They're going to be the dictators, right? And so he's predicted that gold is at current moment due to the amount of money out here that that needs that no longer needs to be a, a floating exchange rate, right? And so a floating exchange rate essentially is that um, with the U.S. dollar being the reserve currency, which means that in the event that something catastrophic happens, they uh, we're gonna lend out dollars and things of that particular nature, and that gives the the U.S. a, a huge advantage because all debts essentially are settled in U.S. dollars. Which, when you put your neck out on the line like that, speaking from a standpoint of the U.S. being a person, when I stick my neck out there, then I'm supposed to get a lot more concessions because you're not risking the same type of things that I'm risking, right? So he stated that, hey, going back to the gold standard should be $10,000 an ounce, 10000 So with it being $2,000 now, it's $8,000 off from what he predicted. And the five books that he's um, wrote, um, one is Aftermath, Seven Secrets of Wealth Preservation and Current and Coming Chaos, uh, The New Case for Gold, The Road to Ruin, Currency Wars, The Death of Money, and The New Great Depression, Winners and Losers in a Post-Pandemic World, right? So all these are available on, uh, on Amazon. And I have... Every single last one of those books, except for the the New Great Depression, which obviously I'm sure he just wrote this because I'm looking at the cover and it has uh, George Washington on it with a, a mask on. Right. So that was my first exposure to it. And I was like, wow, you know, like I've never heard anything like that. Right. And I those four books. It taught me a a tremendous amount about just the way that the economy is set up. He talked about his time when uh, he and a group of other people, when they had uh, uh, a company called Long Term uh, Financial back in 1998, and how they put up a big bet that something, I, I can't remember what it was, but they put up a huge bet and it backfired and stated that they were within hours of completely shutting down the entire global economy, but they got bailed out. Um, the firm long-term financial, long-term capital, yeah, long-term capital, uh, it got broken up, 
um, individuals went to other firms and stuff like that. And they, you know, they kept going. Right. Nobody went to jail or none of that. Right. So it kind of goes back to the whole aspect of like, hey, you have a Ph.D. Just because you have a Ph.D. about money, that doesn't necessarily mean that you make the best decisions, because a lot of these financial crashes can be attributed to greed. And that's just, you know, what it is. So that was my first exposure to gold. Right. And he talked about, hey, don't buy grams. Right. Buy ounces. Right. Don't buy half an ounce or anything like that. Try to get a whole ounce if you can get gold um, or silver. But he was more so talking about gold due to the fact of the, the rarity. Now, the thing about this podcast is that they're huge Warren Buffett fans, which I mean, hey, you know, Warren Buffett is the most accomplished uh, investor in of all time. Right. Of all time. Made more money from investments than any other investor ever. Right. And Warren Buffett, and I'm paraphrasing here, said, what do I want gold for? It does nothing for me. It just sit there. He said, essentially, there's so many, um, what, gold is, what, tr- so many trillion tons or trillion or something. I'm sorry, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not coming with the actual uh, statements, but essentially he was like, I don't want to have gold, even though gold is seen as a safe haven, but I don't want a large exposure to it due to the fact that Gold essentially is no longer the standard, right? Essentially, the dollar is the standard now, and all currencies um, work towards it. So, essentially, when the dollar goes higher, other currencies essentially may go lower, some may rise, some may fall. And a strong dollar essentially kind of makes U.S. things harder to buy because you need so many more dollars and that's a lot of the stuff that he's talked about in these uh these these books i think that was uh the death of money no currency wars currency wars that was one of the main things that he talked about in the book how what happened is it's a big circle so say for instance if america wants to get some more business or make themselves more attractive okay they'll devalue their currency what does devalue mean okay they mean they'll print more money out so the more money they print out the less value it has right which will bring in more people right and so america debased their currency okay then get it and then it builds back up and then another country like china they'll devalue their currency which um china has been uh, accused and you know, deemed guilty of currency manipulation, like they're purposely keeping their currency devalued so that they can continue to benefit from outside investments and things like that. So that's that's just a lot of stuff. So essentially, in the conclusion of the book, he just talked about that, hey, no one really is getting ahead. You're just putting off the inevitable. Right. And this is not this is not sustainable. You need to go and get gold You go back to the gold standard because he talked about. Um, I believe it was the first world war they had to get off the gold standard, right? To print money, to go to war. 
So what ended up happening is Winston Churchill, because I think, uh, as he said, Winston Churchill is um, accused of starting the Great Depression. And what Winston Churchill did was there was so much more money floating around out there that he should have adjusted the price for gold to reflect the amount of money that was floating out there in the system. So instead of doing that, he went and put gold back at the price it was prior to the war. And it just great depression because of that. So I last I learned a lot from these books. I mean, I learned a lot from these books, right? A lot, right? So same podcast, Investors Podcast. Now I get hip to Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin, I believe Bitcoin came out maybe 07, 06, and probably was pennies on a dollar, pennies on a dollar. And at the time, I remember, I know I was in college around it that time period and i think i may have heard of bitcoin but obviously in college i wasn't as astute as i am now to like finances and things like that so i may have heard like i said i heard about it but i didn't really put any thought to it because i'm like i don't know what that is you know (laughs) i don't know what that is and a few years ago Bitcoin goes up to $20,000, $20,000. There were people refinancing their homes. There were people taking out loans. There were people doing all these particular different things because it was rising. Knew nothing about it. Knew nothing about Hari uh, Ramachiri, I believe, is the end of it. No, Satoshi. Satoshi, my bad. I don't know. I'm talking about <laughs> Satoshi. I'm so sorry. But nobody knew nothing about this. All they saw was essentially a essentially a pumping, you know, just like, hey, it's going up. And what I'm gonna do is hey, I'm gonna get I'm, I'm gonna put this money in, it's gonna go up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get it out. Right? I'm gonna get it out. And I'm gonna be rich, right? And that's what a lot of people did, and a lot of people got hurt. Um, yeah, Satoshi Nakamoto. I'm sorry, I don't know where I'm getting Hari or Machiri from. That's, <laughs> that's someone from another podcast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but a lot of people got hurt. A lot of people started, you know, a lot of people pointed fingers because it was essentially like a almost like a pump and dump scheme. And the individuals that did cash out right cash out before it bottomed out you know you got a big tax bill that you were liable for right but but that was all i knew about it right um i knew that they were saying that bitcoin was supposed to be digital gold in the sense that it wasn't necessarily supposed to be something that you utilize in everyday transactions it's supposed to be a store of value and a store of value means that hey i put it in there and that's the value it's always going to be that regardless it may go down a little bit uh it may appreciate a little bit but i know that if i put my money over here it's going to be safe right so 
getting back to gold and how they correlate, they have a lot of um, things that they share and there are a lot of things that they don't share, right? So getting back to the exchange of goods and services, you don't, like I said, you're not going to, no one's going to um, allow for you to take an a, a, a ounce of gold that's worth $2,000 right now and go buy a $2,000 worth of groceries. They're not, they're just not going to do that. That's not, that's not in the, in the flow of things, so to speak. So that's where you have the fiat currencies. That's where you have the yuan. That's where you have the dollar. So the same thing kind of goes for Bitcoin. You have Ethereum, you have Ripple, you have Bitcoin Cash. So you have all these other things that are going to act as the exchange, um, you know, and Bitcoin, the same as gold, is going to be a store of value. It's just going to be something that you kind of go back to. So when, again, I started hearing about Bitcoin and again, it was some young guys like, oh, man, gold is the old, you know, out with that stuff, man. Like it didn't had its run. It doesn't necessarily have any um, value. Bitcoin is going to be a new thing due to the blockchain and how it's going to be fair and firm for everyone. Right. It's going to be fair and firm for everyone once once because the thing about it is that once the last Bitcoin is mined, there's going to be no more Bitcoins. And I think the number is 19 million or something like that. So once our 19 million, or maybe it's 29. You know what? Let me stop guessing. <laughs> Year, so much gold is being extracted from the earth. So it's, it's an infinite amount, whereas Bitcoin is a finite. So once it hits that number, then that's going to be it. So, which is supposed to, because that's what, that's what makes gold and Bitcoin so valuable in essence is that it's in, it's not something that you can just go out and get. You just can't go out and get, you know, a hundred pounds of gold. Just wake up and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go get a hundred pounds of gold today. Like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Right. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. So the same thing goes for um, Bitcoin. So once it reaches the um, that magical number, then there are going to be no more Bitcoins. So if you have it, it's going to be a scarce um, commodity. And once it's that's it, that's it. Now, people can be able to trade it and, and all of that different type of stuff like that and all of that. And like I said, there are other people who are a lot more um, in tune with um, Bitcoin as well as gold than, than, than myself. But what I wanted to really just bring about on this particular podcast was just the, the aspect that um, one of these two things are going to win. Both of them may win, which I don't. I necessarily can't see it. One of them's gonna win, one of them's gonna lose. That's what it's gonna be. And a lot of it I feel may be based on preference based on your age. So obviously older people are older <laughs> for lack of a better term. 
So you have some, which you, you have some younger people like my age. I know some individuals who are heavily invested in gold as well, as well as I know individuals who are my age who are heavily invested in Bitcoin and as well as other cryptos. And I know some that are invested in both, right? So at this particular point in time, you can't go wrong with either. It just comes down to a preference. Like I said, going back to what I said initially, I feel like it's more so of a defiant type of thing where the younger people are like, hey, look, y'all had y'all gold, y'all did that, and we're on crypto. This is the future, right? So you can take your gold and whatever the situation is and be gone because you can continue to mine for this. But once this last Bitcoin is mined, that's it. And they are people who are predicting that Bitcoin could rise to 20,000 again. I've seen some say Bitcoin could get up to 100,000. I mean, it's just a lot of numbers out there. But it's one of the things that I have noticed, though, is that uh, they've been tracking and said it's been correlating with gold more. So it's almost like it's 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 not as being as as volatile as it as it once has been. It's it's starting to kind of get itself out. It's 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 done. As a matter of fact, it has been the well not the best performing asset, but crypto in general has been the best performing asset class since the pandemic. Some of these are up as much as five hundred percent. Now obviously <laughs> Some of the ones that are up as much as 500% are still only valued at 23 cent. Now, as far as the big one, I think Ethereum has um, gone up in excess of, I believe, 100%, I believe. So it has actually outperformed Bitcoin, right? So with that being said, I'm not going to hold you. Um too much longer i really just want to kind of touch on that and like i said uh if, if if any of you have any um free time and want to read or even listen to a book um those books by jim rickards i would highly highly recommend these books some people refer to him as a conspiracy theorist you know a, a whack a whack job so to speak uh and some of his takes because a lot of you know some people just feel like hey you know Gold is that's it for it, right? There's there's nothing to be had about it, but it's it's some good informative information about America, America standing uh, currencies. It's not a forex um, teacher or anything like that, but it just talks about how all the currencies uh, correlate with one another, right? And and the 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 games and the things that each country does to try to essentially undermine the other countries right so and also like i said just to um do that um if you want to get um crypto news and stuff like that um it's an app called crypto news uh it uploads every day and you know new information talking about um cryptocurrencies there are cryptocurrency books out there so i mean this is the day and time to really just um get a better understanding of certain things some things i don't i'm not interested in you know so to speak but as far as like bitcoin and, and 
cryptocurrency and things of that particular nature, I I'm interested in it because you know is is interesting stuff, right? So, but like I said, you know, at this particular point, you can't go wrong. It seems whether you are in gold heavily or if you're in crypto heavily, right? Like I said, it's one of them is gonna win. Um, so. But it's too early to tell right now which one may win. But obviously, if we're going by the age of the investor, then, you know, it seems that Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, um, could, you know, could edge it out. All right. So, but that's another episode of Paradigm 132 Podcast. Be back to you again next week. Peace.